everybody. Welcome to B.O. Boys for, I'm going to say Monday, May 25th, Memorial Day. It's a fucking raw feed. Fuck it. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. I'm Pat. And this is kind of a special episode. It's going to be a little shorter than our normal episode, uh, our normal episodes, because if... Well, it's a little something extra in honor of the holiday you know, in honor of our country, we're going the extra mile. We had a little gentleman's bet on the last mm-hmm. episode. All the one of B.O. boys, one of B.O. girls uh, who listened last week will know that we had a bet about a streaming movie, The Lovebirds, starring Issa Taylor. No, Issa. You no, know, Issa Ray. Issa Ray and Kumail Nanjiani. Who's Issa Taylor? I just made that up. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, that's. I mean, well, I'm sure someone in the world is named Issa Taylor, but I don't think uh, it's someone who stars in streaming content. I think I was thinking of Meshack Taylor. Yes, you were famous for Mannequin and uh, Designing Women. Meshack and Designing Women. Yeah. But that's TV, so we don't talk about that's that. That's TV. Although we're basically talking about TV because this is a streamo, this is a streamo boys episode. Yeah, much. and we're getting heat from that. We got a uh, actually got a message from one of our wannabe old girls, uh, Sarah, reached out to say about the last episode. This is now the streamo boys. I don't know about that. That was the message that we got. So people are concerned that we're going from B.O. Boys to Shremo Boys, which, listen, we don't want to make that transition. And long term, that's not where we're going to be. But we deal with the world that we're in at the moment. I mean, I'm concerned, too. Like, I, I'm i in the same boat as you, Sarah. I don't like the way this is going. And hopefully it won't be forever. And I hope we can shake the Streamo Boys tag at some point. We'll work towards it. I mean, it, it might take years, but we're willing to do that because we are B.O. Right. boys through and through. But sometimes you have to do things that you're not so happy about in order to survive, in order to, you know, keep people updated. Mm-hmm. So for right now, it's it's streamo content. Um, so we're that, talking about... You know, that's all we got right now. Hopefully, listen, hopefully movie theaters are going to start opening of the summer or we're going to hit up the drive-ins. We've both promised each other that that at some point this summer we're going to do a drive-in. Report Front on that. Frontline yeah. reporting. Yep. So we will we'll get back to the BO. So just chill out, Sarah. It's it's cool. Enjoy yeah, the show. Down. Calm down. So we're um, talking about The Lovebirds, which was a film yes. that was supposed to come out theatrically. Mm-hmm. Starring... Issa Rae. Yes. And Kumal Nanjiani. Yes. Yep. Got it. Nailed it. And this is a film that... Pat, what was your take on this film? What was our gentleman's bet that we had? $5 bet. Well, so I guess, we, yeah, we're going we're gonna to talk about a little review of this movie. But our bet that we had was, I bet this would not be the number one piece of content on the Netflix top 10, which Netflix now does release a top 10 
of what has been streamed the most. And I know just saying that sentence makes makes me ill. But they release a top 10 of their streaming viewership. They don't put numbers next to it in terms of actual views, but they put a ranking. I said that Lovebirds would not finish number one. You said it would. We bet $5. Clayton, who was right? So, of course, we have to put the caveat that Netflix numbers are fraudulent. Yes, uh, Any reporting Netflix does is fraudulent. Mm-hmm. But saying that... Right. You won because the first two places on Netflix were TV shows, so we don't mm-hmm. need to mention those. And as of this weekend, a holiday weekend, the Lovebirds came in at number three. So I owe... So it came in number three overall. I will say... I'm it's looking number at one another movie, Net- though. It's the number one movie, which, you know, I know I kind of won the bet because we just said that Netflix top 10 and Lovebirds did come in number three on the overall top 10. It is the most watched movie of this weekend on Netflix, which I'm also surprised at that. Um, I guess by default, the newest brand new thing on Netflix is going to be number one because they push it the hardest. It's always the first thing that you see when you open the app and people are just going to want to try something new. Mm-hmm. So the the love, my overall take on this movie is it's going to sink like a stone over the course of the next week or two. You know, it's not going to be a wrong Missy in that wrong Missy is still number two in terms of top movies streaming on Netflix. And it came and what out is last number week. Three in top movies. Number three top movies is just go with it. Starring the Sandman. A movie from 10 years ago. Yes. So th- there's that power. I mean, that's the thing is like, you've got that group, that happy Madison group that dominates Netflix. And the fact that the wrong Missy has held tight mm-hmm. to stay number two in movies on Netflix shows its rewatchability because a bunch of people watched that when it came out last week and then recommended it to other people. Yes. And Lovebirds yeah, which will not I don't be think that is, movie. No. No, so I watched The Lovebirds. And I would say this movie is offensively boring. Okay. Offensively bland. And I think the big story about this movie is that it was one of the movies that was slated to come out in theaters and then was taken off the schedule because of the pandemic because movie theaters stopped existing. And rather than uh, just delay the release, they uh, Paramount sold it to Netflix and it went straight to streaming. This is a movie that if it came out in movie theaters would have done next to no business. To the point where I know it was only a month or so from actually coming out. I think if the pandemic hadn't hit and movie theaters stayed open the way they were, there is a chance this movie would have got pulled and sent to Netflix anyway. This does not. I watch it and I'm like, how did they think this was going to be in movie theaters? So this is a rough night situation. 
Yes. Well, it's in that genre that I think me and you have talked about uh, a lot over the last few years that it's a kind of it's like the only kind of comedy that gets made anymore. But they all always bomb, which is the regular people get caught up in a murder plot scenario. You know, it's like Rough Night, uh, The Spy Who Dumped Me. Um, I'm trying to think. There's a, a few of those where it's just these movies where it's like super bland lead characters are in a plot where everyone's getting shot around them. And nobody likes those. Those movies all eat it at the box office. It is like the most surefire genre of movie that will bomb. And that's what The Lovebirds is. Yeah, because Rough Night, which came out in 2017, Mm -hmm. it made domestically $22 million. And this was a June movie. So they were... Yeah, this was... Opened at $8 million. And this was a... This was Scarlett Johansson was yeah. the lead. Yeah, and she was like a pretty reliable movie star. Like, she was not that long after Lucy when this came out. And Lucy was a smash. Yeah. Um, and then you had, um, what's the other one we said? The Spy Who Dumped Me, which I remember that coming in way under expectations. Absolutely. For, and, and that for was with a- Mila Kunis, who, who was someone that people actually go to the movies for. Oh, absolutely. I mean, her bad, the Bad Moms franchise, she she showed that she has star power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that this so they keep they kept trying to release all these movies, these types of movies in the summer because the Spy Who Dumped Me came out in 2018, mm-hmm. opened to 12, so a little bit better than Rough Night. Opened August 3rd, but only laid out to 33 million dollars domestic. So. These movies don't, these movies aren't hits. No. And, and well, another one that I could think of is another one with Kumail, which came out last summer, was Stuber, which yes. was another movie where the plot was boring character is in an action movie. And God, that was, I'm going to look that up because that was a famous bomb. It opened July 12th, opened to 8 million, so same thing as Rough Night, and mm-hmm. made similar domestic, $22 million domestic. And none of these movies do well worldwide either. They make they make as much or less internationally, so they're not even international plays. This isn't yeah. a China Buck situation. This is, they live and die by their domestic hall and yeah so what would be your call on this for this movie for lovebirds what would you say would be the opening number oh i think so you said stuber opened up with 12 million no eight it has to be lower because stuber came out in the summer and Lovebirds was supposed to come out in the spring. Um, in Stuber, you had Kumal paired with Dave Bautista, who I think is a much more known person because he's in the Guardians Marvel movies. 
Whereas Issa Rae, who I thought was very good in this, like she actually has personality. Um, but like Batista is more famous than her. So he's got all those I, WWE I, fans as well that would would uh, help push this a little right. bit at the very least. Right. So I mean, I think the Lovebirds would have opened at like honestly like three million or something in the theater. It would have been that level of like not a Playmobil situation, but as close as you're gonna get without being like a a, a fifth rate animated movie. Yeah, so this was originally supposed to come out April 3rd, Lovebirds. So that's not the summer movie season, but it's 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 close enough at this point, right? So yeah, I I'm saying you're looking at a disaster too. I'm saying you're looking at like yeah, 3 3 to 4. Yeah. And then just immediately fall off the face of the earth. Like, I think if Lovebirds came out in theaters, it's a movie that maybe doesn't crack double digits domestic. Yeah, that's that's highly possible because, you know, it's been so long since we talked about, bo- like, real actual box office. So this feels really good. But yeah, just to talk about this fantasy box office is, is it really jazzing me up. The stink... People forget the stink of failure that a box mm-hmm. office bomb has. Like the opening weekend, just to talk about something like Charlie's Angels, the, the Charlie's Angels reboot. Mm-hmm. That came out and did what, like seven million opening or something crazy like that? Maybe yeah. well, it was so low. I mean, I might be wrong, but it did such bad business that. Even if that movie was unjustifiably low at the box office, it wouldn't matter if it was a masterpiece. People would avoid the stink. Mm-hmm. And you don't have that with Netflix. Like They will avoid the stink in the sense that, like you said, we're going to review it a little bit because you watched it, and you would tell... Someone like myself who maybe didn't get a chance to watch it, don't bother. And then I don't do it. But that's not reflected uh, monetarily, which is the only measure of success that we have really in movies. At least for the B.O. Boys. This is the B.O. Boys. We talk about Filthy Lucre. We talk about Greenbacks, right? We're not well, talking and just, about just to pull eyes back right on now. Charlie's Angels, the uh, 2019 Charlie's Angels open to eight million dollars and it ended with a grand total of 17 million domestic so that is insanely bad yeah like the charlie's angels was a movie uh and it, it got it feels so nostalgic to be able to be talking about what a bomb uh, the new charlie's angels was but that was a movie that when they originally made it, they were probably assuming this is a movie that has to open at 40 or $50 million. And it ended up totaling out at 17. But to your point about the stink, the fact that it opened at eight, that made people think, God, I don't want to be a part of this. I don't want to uh, be branded a loser who's seeing a movie that only opened at 8 million domestic. I'm not going to go. And I think if the Lovebirds had come out, 
and opened at two or three million dollars, that's a movie then that just has a, a, a stink on an, on the marquee. Yeah, and it, you know it's really funny that we're talking about we, we just to go back to Charles Angels real fast, real fast. So Underwater, which was another movie that came out starring Kristen Stewart, it actually came out with it ended up with seventeen million dollars domestic, mm-hmm. which is around the same as Charlie's Angels was supposed to be a blockbuster. Now they didn't put Underwater out expecting it to tank, although it feels like something that was shot a long time ago and then released as a it was released as a dump. But the fact that the marquee IP, Charlie's Angels, ended up making the, basically the same amount as a dump movie with the same actress shows like how big of a disaster Charlie's Angels was. Right. And, and yeah, I think with uh, the other thing with the Lovebirds is you would have the lead of that movie... Uh, Kumail Nanjiani is coming off the the uh, the stink of the Stuber failure earlier in the year, or uh-huh. you know, just less than a year ago, and I think that would have played into people people's willingness to go and actually spend money on this movie. Yes, and then you've got, and then he had to, you know, if we're in the alternate reality where this movie actually came out in April. And then you had the Eternals on the horizon. Right. Which that would make me, if I'm Marvel, sweat a little bit and be like, I know he's not the only person in this movie. I mean, there's big stars in that movie. Of course, noted gas bag Angelina Jolie is is one of the stars of that movie, Eternals. But still, he is, you know, he is a guy that you were putting your faith in. He was he was supposed to be the next Chris Pratt. Right. The comedy guy, guy gets buff. Yeah. Yeah. The comedic guy who gets buff. Absolutely. And then you're surprised that he can be a badass in a Marvel movie. But it's almost so, I mean, they did it with Paul Rudd with Ant-Man. So it's almost become so rote that it has no mm-hmm. impact anymore. But I think with the right person, it could still work. But Kumail is, I mean, Lovebirds going to Netflix is good for his box office potential because people are going to kind of forget about the stink a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think they're going. It's basically a movie that would have bombed that now doesn't because it 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 has no box office, and that's good um, for him. Yeah. So, I mean, in terms of the movie itself, it's like my review of it is is just don't bother it it. It's such an interesting comparison with The Wrong Missy, which is a movie that we both watched and liked a lot. Yes. And is such a throwback to 90s comedies where you build this whole movie around a big, uh, you know, loud, uh, energetic comedic performance. So, yeah, Lauren Lapka is doing like a, a, a type of role that like Jim Carrey could have done. In the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you compare it to sort of the kind of comedies we get now, which is the Lovebirds, where the lead performance is just so bland, you know, and designed to be bland and sort of cast with a comedian who's just not dynamic. And like I liked Issa Rae. I think she's not in this category. 
But I think with, you know, with Kumail as the lead of a comedy, you're going to get what you're going to get, which is not much. So leading man potential is very low for Kumail. I mean, the thing is, uh, nowadays, I think that's sort of what comedy movies are, which is kind of why they're almost extinct. You know, like they're they're built around uh, comedy stars who don't really bring a lot. You know, they're much more laid back. So, I mean, it's kind of why comedy movies don't work anymore Mm because there aren't real stars that they're being built around. So I guess, you know, it's it's just a sign of what what the the movies are now. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, because watching the wrong Missy and seeing Lapkus go for it and seeing her able to do such fearless physical things, but also play a character that on the surface seems weird and a little bit gross. And then actually you as the audience falling for her and realizing why David Spade would fall for her is such Mm -hmm. a tightrope to walk. And it takes such a skill that it is almost a shame that she, that this movie was not able to play in theaters it never mm-hmm. would have been because it's a Netflix movie. But imagine you're a kid and you don't know anything about Lauren Lapkus. And then you go to the theater and watch this movie and you're pissing your pants. Mm-hmm. And you're just going to be like, that person is so funny. What, where did they come from? And what are, what's some, anything else that I can consume that has this person in it? Right. Yeah. And, it, and it's funny because... Um, since it's on Netflix, a tons of people are going to watch this. Like, who knows? You might have a hundred million people watch the wrong Missy and love it, but she's not going to, unfortunately, she's not going to get the, um, that big number, you know, that makes her recognize as a star where you look at the box office and this movie opened at $35 million makes 140 domestic and cements that cements her as a big star. Like that's not going to happen, even though so many people are going to watch this movie. You just don't get that box office uh, crowning of new stars. Yeah. And in in, in the, the the streaming era, the streaming era is really hides uh, people who, who are not stars and, really keeps actual stars from being anointed. That's that's the big issue with Streamo as opposed to box office. Now though, do you believe not to not you know, this isn't saying anything bad about Lauren Lapkus, but mm-hmm. is it possible that we just have we haven't had that star that's so undeniable that could transcend Streamo territory to then get a big box office break or is that are we thinking too old world is streaming where it's at now is i mean streaming is definitely where it's at but i think that hinders the ability to create undeniable stars because they just don't get that press that says you know like when jim carrey uh opened uh ace ventura 
to 30 million or Adam Sandler opened, you know, the water boy to 42 million, you or know, that, that makes with, them uh, stars. McCarthy right. and, and, uh, what was the, what was the one I was thinking of? Uh, well, train wreck, even Amy Schumer with yes. train wreck. Yes. You know, just that number makes someone into a movie star. And I think that's what you lose with Streamo is you just don't get that number that says, hey, whether you like it or not, this person's a fucking star now. Yeah, and Issa Rae, she actually had, I mean, it was low budget, but Little, that movie Little, she was a co-star in that movie. And that was a liked movie that I think did well. But it would have yes. been nice to see, Could she was a supporting player in that. And if she, how would the the love for her have pushed this movie to a higher level where we can say like okay here's what Kumal was bringing in and then this additional 10 mil is all Issa Rae bucks we could be able to discern that and then that would give her another opportunity to then do a movie by herself or have more control over a movie and then she's a star so like that's the thing is like it is a it is a shame that we're not able to watch that trajectory right now. Right. And I I think the last thing I'll say on this movie is going back to the genre that it's in, it is these comedies that are these sort of like I don't even want to say they're dark comedies because they're not, but they're just like very murder-filled or murder-flippant comedies that again all all bomb like people don't want them and it's it's so interesting that like these keep getting made and it's a genre that i think the audience has clearly spoken that we don't want these these murder comedies anymore well because they're not aspirational right when you Mm -hmm. look at the comedies that i think are successful one of the templates is slobs versus snobs. Mm-hmm. And as the audience, the assumption is that you're a slob, but that's yep. good because the slobs triumph over the snobs. Mm-hmm. And even when you're looking at, say, a movie like Beverly Hills Cop, which is a violent comedy, you look at Axel Foley, who is Eddie Murphy's character. Mm-hmm. He is an aspirational figure. Yes. He is funny, clever, and capable. And mm-hmm. he's not shitting his pants the whole movie. I don't yes. understand why the studios and the people who write these movies think that I want to go to a theater and be put in the shoes of a person who is out of their depth completely, shitting their pants, afraid of being murdered for something they had really nothing to do with. There's no yeah, agency involved. Like, And you think of someone like Ace Ventura when we're talking about Jim Carrey and how that character was a buffoon, but was so sure, and actually not a buffoon because he ended up really solving the case, but he came off as a buffoon, but he's such a confident and unique individual that you could aspire to be like somebody like him, mm. but you're not going to aspire to be Scarlett Johansson in rough night or Mila Kunis in the spy who dumped me or mm. Kumal in, in, in this film, it, there's nothing aspirational. And I think that's an element that is getting lost when they write these comedies. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, so that's uh, that's about all I could think of for this movie. Is basically, it's a big blah, and it would have done near Playmobil business in theaters. So it's such a shame that we can't hang that number on it. I know. It, it makes me feel so... Like, I feel like I'm in that movie. I feel like I have no agency. You're feckless. Yeah. I'm feckless. You're feckless. Yeah. What a bummer. Well, I'll um, say that I think I think this is good for... I think this is enough for people for today, right? Yeah, this is this was a great show. And I think we got to talk about some theoretical box office. And, and hopefully we are able to do that again with some of these other movies that have been released to streamers coming up. I mean, you got June 12th, which is the big day. It's going to have King of Staten Island. It's going to mm-hmm. have Artemis Fowl. And what is the other? Oh, what's the other big? The Five Bloods. Spike Lee's The Five Bloods on Netflix. Um, you know, at least with King of Staten Island... In theory, we should get numbers at some point because they are, you know, that's a, a PVOD movie. So True. you'll get some sales numbers of how much that movie made. So there'll definitely be some 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 numbers to dissect. And I'm rooting for that movie. I've gone so the other way with that. Now, was on your bombs uh, list though, right? On, famously on my bombs list. Um, and... I've seen the trailer and it looks, it looks, I'm rooting for it. I know. This is what you've been saying. I will be really interested to see those PVOD numbers. Artemis Fowl, of course, going straight to Disney Plus, where I think it belonged always. Mm-hmm. And that is a film that was on my bombs list two years in a row. So it sucks that I will not be able to close that loop in any way. But mm-hmm. I think the fact that it is going to Disney Plus. And that, I mean, it is a little bit of a satisfying, satisfying thing that it is going to Disney Plus and not getting PVOD because then Mm -hmm. it is in its heart a bomb. Yeah, you could take some satisfaction in that. Well, I guess there's, oh, well, Pat, real quick, you know, let's do what we regularly do. How can they contact us with their opinions on Lovebirds? Uh, yeah, email us your thoughts on the lovebirds at the Podcast at gmail.com. Maybe I totally got it wrong, and this was a super exciting, uh, hilarious movie that everyone loved. Tastes change. You know, we talked a lot about Ace Ventura today, so who knows where our tastes lie. So email us, Podcast at gmail.com. And I would say give us your theoretical BO number. Mm. Yes. Tell us your your alternate universe box office story of the Lovebirds. Yes. What where yeah. would it have opened? What kind of legs it would have had? Um, does it get you know uh, a, a bump from some something that happens in in the world three weeks into its run? Who knows? Let us know how the Lovebirds would have done in your universe. Yeah. Travel. Yeah. Let your mind wander. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, so this is the part where I talk about our Patreon, which is, of course, frozen. And so we are no longer taking new Patreon subscribers, but it is frozen. That does not mean you're absolved of the money you owe us for all the time that the Patreon has been frozen. Now, we talked in previous episodes that 
we both believe that Tenet is going to move from its July 17th perch, which was going to be the start of the summer season and the unfreezing of our Patreon. We have decided to stick to that date because we can't continue to to give you guys free information. That's just not how the world works. Information should not be free. So we are going to come a knocking. Uh, we're going to come a call in for that money that has been owed to us. The creditors have been called off. I was calling creditors previously. I stopped doing that weeks ago, but I still have all of their numbers on speed dial. So my fingers are itching and I would say, do a do a mental math of what you owe us july 17th i mean i'll give you a couple days past that i'm not a monster i'll give you maybe like three or four days on that back end give you past the weekend monday tuesday we got to see that money on the patreon but for right now it's still frozen so if you want to go and check it out it's patreon slash boys.com go window shop Go mentally tally how much money you owe us. And, you know, July 17th is coming up soon. So I would say if you were going to make a big Amazon order, if that's our money, you know, don't don't spend it. Don't spend it on something other than what it should be spent on, which is our Patreon. Well said. And until next time. Will will smell, smell you, you at the, the box, box office. office. Nailed it. Nailed it.